Hill, Mississippi. And um, my assignment, my task, one of them signed in. So. Uh, my assignment is to teach on preparing the atmosphere. And that is something that is dear to my heart, making sure that the atmosphere is set before the word of God comes forth. I think a lot of times we think that um, we can just come into the sanctuary or come together corporately and God just shows up in a miraculous way with no effort on our part, thinking that the pastor or the choir is supposed to invoke that presence. So look at your name and say, that's not what we're going to learn today. That's, that's not what we're going to learn today. Okay. So when you hear preparing the atmosphere, what does that mean to you? I want, some I want you to talk about what do you think that means? What is that? How does that um, resonate with you? Come on in. Ushering in the Holy Spirit in the sanctuary um, before the service gets started. Okay, ushering in the Holy Spirit before the service starts. Anyone else? Come on, talk to me. No right or wrong answer. I want you to say. Remember that he is the key. Before we come into his presence, we are in now. There's certain conditions more. Right. So we don't just work that's good. Reference to God and the Holy Spirit. Anyone else? You just smile like you want to say something. Come on. When you say smoothie, smoothie. Come on, smoothie. Well, when you say prepare the atmosphere, when I walk into a tabernacle, sometimes you can feel it. Sometimes you cannot feel it. And so when you say prepare the atmosphere, I feel like you're saying um, worship to that point before you get there to move all that stuff that is not of God out of that. It's good. 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 Who else? Anyone else? When you hear preparing the atmosphere, what does that mean to you? What does it resonate in your mind? Oh, yeah. uh, it's not just the church, it's your home. Oh, all right, you all right. Church. You need to prepare yeah. even in your home before you go of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. The expectation, the atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. The atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Meaning, if you truly want the atmosphere to be prepared to receive all that God has promised you, you have to expect it. You have to come in wanting it. 
desiring it, having a desperation for it. So has anybody, has anybody in here, God has promised you anything? Nobody say no. Yes, he did. Okay, I want you to talk to him. I don't want you to just raise your hand. I want you yes, to talk did. back to him. Okay? Yes, he did. So, what we know is in Hebrews 11, 1, is faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things what? Not, not seen. seen. Not seen. We have miseducated ourselves when it comes to atmosphere, when it comes to praise and worship, when we when it comes to uh, feeling that we feel that we know that God is in the room. We think it's about singing one or two songs or everybody in an uproar, jumping and shouting. That's a part of it. That's a part of praise and worship. But true worship. Worship is way deeper than that. The Bible tells us in Psalms 22 that what he inhabits, the praises of his people. It's when you go before God and he comes and he sits in the room. When he comes and you know that his presence is truly in the room. And I'll be honest with you, it's a wonderful feeling. It's, it's, It's when... He comes in in such a powerful way that it's quite. It's the total opposite of what we've made his presence be. It's a hush that you get to a place where I'm almost scared to say anything because God is trying to do something. Anybody else experience what I'm talking about? Okay. So we already know that that's. Not all what praise and worship is. It's just not about singing. It's not about clapping our hands. It's not about running. It's not about, it's not even just about you coming to the altar and Bishop lay hands on you or your pastor lay hands on you and you go out in the spirit. Tell your neighbor, that's not what it's all about. That's not what it's all about. What worship that, preparing the atmosphere for God to come in is a heart issue. It's a heart issue, bottom line. Heart issue. When we come together corporately, it will determine how we come together corporately will determine what God will do in the atmosphere. If it's what I mean we want to do it's not what we want to do. Now ten of us in here. If all of us came in here with a tremendous expectation of God, of of him showing himself in a powerful way, with a sincere heart, he will answer. But if four of us only have that expectation, and five of us got everything else on our mind, there's no unity. So not that he won't show up, it'll just take him a little bit longer to get in. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Amen. So I want you to write it down. It's a heart. It's worship is a heart issue. Preparing the atmosphere is a heart issue. Very important that we understand that we have to prepare ourselves so that we individually and corporately don't hinder the move of God. Any pastor can tell you that. If the atmosphere is not conducive for the word to go forth, we work extremely hard. We have to break up the fallow ground. We have to begin to wave off 
whatever is flowing in the atmosphere, whatever you may have brought in, whatever the pastor may have brought in. Because I don't want you to think it's just in the pews. If the heart issue is not right in the pulpit, it's just as hard to get the atmosphere right. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Y'all looking at me going, hmm. So, first thing we're going to talk about is clearing the atmosphere. Clearing the atmosphere. You help me with my time. Clearing out the atmosphere. So, the first thing we must acknowledge and destroy what's truly hindering and tainting the atmosphere. And the thing that one thing is, is this little thing that we call our mind. It's our mind. The Bible is clear that we wrestle against what? Flesh and blood. We wrestle against I'm sorry, against powers and against the master spirits of who who are the world's rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural spheres. So we warn against something that we can't see with our natural eye, which is here. If we be honest with ourselves, our biggest battle is not well, who said about us or what happened at work. It's right here. Yes. So if you come to worship, let's say, for an example, um, Sunday morning, you had a tremendous week, chaotic week, and <laughs> you say, I'm going to church, I'm looking for a word. But when you hit the door, the word that you're desiring is not on your mind. What's on your mind is what everything that happened throughout the week. Amen. Y'all found, can anybody relate to what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. That you're upset or you're frustrated mm-hmm. or you just going, or whatever. That's not an atmosphere to God for God to move. Because your focus is not on the promise. Your focus is on what's wrong. So imagine being in a sanctuary with 10,000 people. And God is ready to move. And everybody in that room is worried about what happened. Or complaining about who did them wrong. Or uh, uh, in such a depressive state, my heart is broken. Is your mind on receiving or are you in a complaining state? Are you in a victim state? Am I making sense? Am I in a place where I'm coming asking God to relieve what I need? Or am I going saying, I don't understand why you did this to me? When we come to, to prepare the atmosphere, we have to clear out all of the negative. Before you can receive, the Bible is clear. He does not pour new wine and what? Old wine skin. So if I'm all jacked up and messed up in my mind about who did me wrong, I'm not really looking to God for an answer. I'm looking for a pity party. Am I making sense? Amen. So, ask your neighbor, how are we going to clear our mind? How are we going to clear our mind? Glad you asked. (laughs) Romans 12 says what? Romans 12, 2 says what? Be not... Conform to this world, but be ye what transformed by what the renewing of our mind. That is the whole reason why we come together corporately. We come together to be renewed, to be refreshed. We don't come together just for us to get together like we're in this group right now. 
I can make this a circle, and she can tell me what's going on in her life. And she can tell me what's going on in her life, and she can tell me and he and he, and we can keep and we can spend our whole time talking about the problem. But if we don't take the time and allow God to renew our minds and focus solely on the answer, we're gonna forever have the problem. Make sense? Yeah, makes sense. So how do I clear my mind? I clear my mind, number one, by acknowledging and being truthful about where I am. I have to tell the truth. Got to go before God, tell him the truth. Notice, I have not even talked about the choir. I have not talked about pastor. I have not talked about the intercession, the intercession team. I'm talking about us individually right now. Yes. In order for me to really receive God in a powerful way, I have to acknowledge where I am. And I have to repent. Yes. Everybody said, Amen. We repent. We have to repent. Second Chronicles says what? If my people who are called by my name Humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and then and then I will heal the way. All right. But see, we don't read 15. We always quote 14. But 15 says, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer offered in this place. After they repented, then God's ear was ready to do what he needed to do. But they had to clear out the toxicity. They had to clear out the poison. They had to clear out all the stuff that had happened to them, all the hurt. Now, I don't want nobody to leave here thinking that I'm minimizing life. Because everybody in here, come on, just tell the truth. We're going through life. I'm not minimizing that. What I'm saying is for your mind to be renewed, you have to push life back here and put the word up front. What he's capable of, who he is, knowing that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That has to be first. But we have twisted it. We got life before the promise. And we're trying to figure out where is God in my life? Why am I not seeing manifestation? Why am I not seeing promise? Why am I not experiencing God in such a powerful way when we come together corporately? Yes. Just lean over and ask your neighbor. Could it be you? Could it be you? <laughs> Keep looking at them and say, this tainting the atmosphere. That's tainting the atmosphere. Yes. Could it be? It could be me. Yes. That life has jacked me up in such a way that I'm just going, there it is, going through the motions. Because I know that Sunday morning, get my Bible, I'm going to go to Sunday school, Bishop go preach, and I'm going to go home eat my chicken. But ain't nothing about me change. Mm. Jesus. Yes, God. Now we wondering why Bishop or your pastor is saying, come on, come on. Come on, get a lost and pray and we. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then back in your mind, you're going, but ain't got no gas to get home. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell your neighbor, don't be jacking my blessings up. Don't be jacking, don't jacking my blessings up. You got to clear out all of that. I'm not saying that you don't acknowledge the pain. <laughs> 
But I want you to write this down. My pain should not be my focus. Should not be my focus. This should not be when I come to worship on Sunday, when I come to prayer on Wednesday, or even in my private time. I go and I acknowledge life, but I ask God to help me remove that from my focus so that I can have a true communion with him. Yes, God. Because it's not until I go into a true place of communion with him that he begins to give me the answer for what I'm dealing with. All right. Everybody get God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, in 2 Chronicles, he did not say, now my eyes are open until after they have repented, until after they acknowledge what was going wrong. That my focus has been off bad. Okay, we can look at it in Isaiah 6. He said, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone and ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I will dwell, and I dwell in the midst of unclean, people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. See, this is how you know that you're getting ready to go in. Because when you go to God and you acknowledge, I'm not worthy, I have I have done wrong, I've been complaining, I've been negative, I haven't read my word the way. He begins to show you how big he is, that it makes you want to go down into a little bitty hole and truly repent. Anybody yes. ever experienced that? Yes. You be like, oh God. Just don't take me out, but give me another opportunity yes. to get this thing right. Amen? Yes. So, I want to pause right there. How many of I just want to, I don't want us to know more about the preacher and things, just want some feedback. But, how many have experienced what I'm talking about, that you've come into an atmosphere that Everybody else around you seemed to be going in, but you couldn't go in because of life or because you were weighed down with the cares of the world. But you couldn't, you didn't have the strength to push yourself to join into the atmosphere. To, to be honest with you, um, I don't know why I'm saying this, but it almost becomes an agitation because you don't want to be hallelujah, ha ha ha. You want everybody to be like, I'm going through. Or whatever. Y'all following what I'm saying? Yes. Someone's some feedback. Somebody talk to. Well, I was once in that situation where I could I was in my it was pain that kept me from focusing on God. Mm-hmm. And where I was trying to go into my ministry, it was like no one was there for me. Mm-hmm. And I were trying to do this thing by myself. And on the top of that, there were some issues that I was going through with. Mm-hmm. And in last year, uh, 2014, God did to do a transition mm-hmm. with me. And I went into this transition, what they call spiritual warfare. <laughs> and now today, my eyes are enlightened to where my focus wasn't on him, it was on the cares of the world. Yeah, and the yeah. people that was around me that mm-hmm. was hurting me. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyone else? <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. Well, I would say I went through a very difficult time last year. There were a lot of things I wanted to do. 
And I didn't have the support and the encouragement that I needed or was looking for, but I was looking in the wrong places for that. And God began to um, show me some of the things that needed to change and some things I needed to acknowledge and confess. But once I started going in the way he wanted me to go, things did change for me. Could do. Anyone else? I'm not a class member, but I'm supposed yeah, to be working. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is something that I am having to battle. Um, and a lot of times, uh, there's people around me, we're all going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, same type of disappointment and aggravation on the job. And it's getting to the point to where we're now coming together as a group. To complain. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm trying to fight it and try to throw in a positive word. But how can how can I how can I break this group mentality up so that it doesn't follow me, you know, throughout the rest of my day and week and then come Sunday, you know, um, I'm I'm big and I'm on my face. Just you know, get this off me. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that's honesty. Because I don't want us to leave her thinking that this is a one-time thing. That once he you break through over here, that you won't find yourself back in that particular place or back in a rut. But the Bible talks about that in Romans 12. When he says renewing of our mind. This is something that we have to fight through daily. There is never an, a moment where I have arrived or that, that I'm not teachable, that I've learned all there is to uh, walk the path that I need to walk. How you break that is what you're doing by putting the word in it. You can't, you can't add to the complaint. So the more you bring the word into it, the atmosphere will change. Either they will change or the group will disintegrate. Anybody else? Am I making sense? Am I helping anybody? Let's give God some praise. Amen. So, we know that in order for us to clear the atmosphere, we have to make sure that our heart is in a position for worship. It's not about us coming in and the praise team bring us into that place. They, you should come in already ready so that when the praise team goes there, it's easy. Everybody goes together. It's not about me coming to the house to get ready. Here it is. I've come to the house already ready. And how do I do that? It's every day. Every day. Every day. I can't help that. I'm just going to say it again. Every, Every day. day. A lot of times we relax on Monday because we had a great time on Sunday. But see, that's the anointing of Sunday. He wants to give you something today. Like whatever happened, I wasn't here last night, but I heard the service was great. And that's awesome. But he has something for today. The question is, is your heart open to receive it? Your heart ready? Is your, is your heart in a position to say, God, whatever you want to release in this atmosphere, I'm ready to receive it. Yes, yes Lord. Amen. Let's yes. give God some praise. Amen. Amen. So, 
Let's dig into let's dig into preparing the atmosphere. How do I prepare myself to receive God? How do I help my man or woman of God on Sunday morning make sure that the house, the atmosphere is where it needs to be? We've already acknowledged, number one, your heart has to be right. Your heart has to be in a position. But the number one thing that you can do is come in with a thankful heart. Come in thankful. We get it twisted. We come in asking, Lord, do this. Give me this. If you just. <laughs> you haven't said thank you. For what he had already done. So first thing you need to have, look at your name and say it's a thankful heart. Thanksgiving, come in with praise, adoration, uh, telling him how awesome and powerful he is before you ask him for anything. Because if we be honest, he didn't pretty much did a whole whole bunch. And if he decided today not to do anything else, we still haven't given him enough thanks for what he's already done. Amen. 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 So, number one thing, you gotta have a thankful heart. You gotta have praise on your lips. Not asking him to give you an answer, the strategy, healing, breakthrough, before you just lift up your hands and you begin to give God praise. And I want us to take 30 seconds and lift up our voices and give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, We get it twisted that we come in and we just want to ask him for something. We have to take time out and honor him for simply just being who he is. That is why Hebrews 13, 15 says, let us offer up a sacrifice of praise. See, the key word in there is sacrifice. Meaning, there will be days. There will be Sundays, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and another Sunday. Where you will not physically feel like giving yes. God praise. That is why it's a sacrifice. Amen. So tell your neighbor, it's not about your feelings. It's not about your feelings. It's about the heart. If you know that he is God, you give him glory. You know that he's a healer and though you have sickness in your body, you give him praise. Although you may be broke, you know he's a provider. You give him praise. And the more you give him praise, he begins to descend upon your situation. Yes, yes, he does. 
Woo! Hallelujah. Mm, thank you. But you gotta have a heart of praise. I just talked about this Sunday about how we got it twisted. We think we're supposed to run and jump and shout when he answers. Mm. You're supposed to run, jump, and shout before he answers. Because that lets him know you really believe that I am who I say I am. That's right. And he can do what he says. So anybody know what I'm talking about? So first thing you have to do, you have to have a praise. I want you to write these scriptures down just for a reference. It says Psalms 107 and 1, Psalms 108 and 1, Psalms 146 and 1, Psalms 150 and 6. And also 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. That's one of my favorite scriptures. In all things, give him thanks. That's hell on the mountaintop in the valley. Give him thanks. Thanks. Even when he does not answer, you give him thanks. Even if he says no, you give him thanks. Even if he says nothing, you give him thanks. Whatever season you're in, if you're in the wilderness or in a bountiful season, you give God thanks. Somebody give him thanks. So, still talking about preparing the atmosphere. Second thing, after you praise him, you begin to acknowledge who he is. Then when you're praising him, you're thanking him for what he did. But see, when you want to go behind the veil, when you want to go into the holies of holies, you begin to acknowledge who he is. That's when you begin to talk about that he's Yahweh and he's El Shaddai and he's Elohim. And he's all of these wonderful, powerful wow. things. You start talking about the character of God. We just talk about the benefits of God, but we have to get into a place of talking about who he is. Okay, let's look at 2 Samuel 22. David is singing this song and he starts out talking about the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and the place of my safety. How many times have you prayed that way? How many times have you worshiped that way. We worship about the house and the car, but you have to push to begin to tell God that you are who you say you are. That you are my protector. You're my refuge and my redeemer, my strength, my joy. You are everything that I need. Yes, And the more you begin to talk about who he is, he can't help but to come see about you. Amen. Amen. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Yes. I can use Pastor Ryan as an example. If his girls start telling him, Dad, you know this and wonderful this, and they doing what they're supposed to be doing, he gonna, at some point, at first he's gonna be a little hard. And he'll be like, No, you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. And she'll be like, Well, I got all A's for, for four years. He might have a little soft spot and say, Well, if she gonna keep doing that, I gotta go on and give her this. See, this is the part where we lose it in the atmosphere. It's because it doesn't happen quickly. 
Can you, as the Bible said, tarry for an hour? Can you stay in a in a posture place? Can you stay in a, in a, a yielded position that you're just talking about who God is without asking and praying? We jump over that. We say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for waking me up this morning. You wonderful. Hallelujah. You want, got food to eat. But can you bless me over here? Oh, God. But can you ask instead of just start talking about him? Yes, God. And how wonderful he is. Talk yes. about that he's the anointed yes, one. The sacrificial Jesus. lamb. That yes. he is the rock. Yes. He is the lion in the tribe of Judah. That he's all of these wonderful things. The more you begin to tell him and remind him of his might, that he's Elohim and he's Shama, that he's he is here with us right now. Yes, he is. You will begin to forget. Not your mamas. You will forget time. You will forget what you was going to do. You will get lost. Yes. In the cloud of that is Jesus. Yeah. Like, come on, y'all understand what I'm saying? If you want the atmosphere, whether it's corporately or individually, tell him, remind him of Jesus. Thank you, Get his attention. Yes, God. Get his attention. We have to get to a place where we talk about all of his attributes, all of his character that we acknowledge that before we ask him for anything. When we begin to honor him and remind him of his promises, notice I didn't say ask him, remind him of his word. I want you to write this down. When you go before God and praise and worship, talk about the scriptures. Remind him of what his word says. We have got all these cliches down pat. Too blessed to be straight on this. Remind him of his word. Because when you begin to remind him of his word, he is the one that said that he is a man, that he cannot lie. So if he said that he is Jehovah Jireh, Remind him that he will provide everything that you need. And you'll begin to feel the presence of God shift in your life and corporate. See, Snooky gets on fire, she gets on fire, and you on fire, and you on fire. Everybody in here is expecting God, not his benefits, expecting God. Yes. He doesn't have a choice but to walk in the room. So I want you to write this all down in caps. Quit asking him for his stuff and ask him for him. We've mastered asking for stuff. Now we need to ask him for him. 
And that's not always easy. Because when he begins, that's the thing about God. When he walks into the room, he don't just walk in and handing out checks and cars and husbands. <laughs> you come on with it. Come on. <laughs> He makes us deal with us first to make sure that we can receive what he's about to release into the atmosphere. That's why it goes back to preparing the atmosphere is a heart issue. If your motive for what you're asking God for is not pure, we have to help our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to help those that are called in this hour to preach the word. We have to help intercessors. And how do I help? That doesn't mean you got to be on the mic. That doesn't mean you got to lead a song. If you're in the atmosphere, yeah. make sure your heart is open to receive God. Yes. That's why, I'm thank you, Holy Spirit. That is why, you know, sometimes, uh, Pastor Ryan can, can, can attest to this, that when you go into an atmosphere, that's hungry, they pull the word out of you. Did you be like, man, I wasn't even planning to go there. But when you go into an atmosphere, everybody, <laughs> that's why y'all be saying, Pastor, no, he showed out on that, such and such a show. It was because the atmosphere was wanting to receive God. Yeah, yeah. I want you to write this down. Don't get comfortable with the anointing in your house. When you become too comfortable with the flow of the house, you don't have any expectation. You know Bishop gonna hoop or you know sister so-and-so gonna lead worship a particular way. So it's emotion. You can't get comfortable because you come in and you just sit. Can't get comfortable. Now, all of us are guilty of that. Amen. Be running to the house. I know Bishop got a word today, but oh, I'm going to help Sister Cooley out. Ask your sister, your brother beside you, and say, Well, what did you bring to the house? But what did you bring to the house? We know Bishop got a word. We know Pastor got a word. But what did you bring to the house? Did you bring expectation? Did you bring a heart? Ready to receive God, or did you bring a heart full of what happened on me? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. See, it's a give and take. This ain't. We don't come here for a pep rally. That's what you want a pep rally. You go to the Go to Chile. This root and child and talk about we gonna get big. No, when we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're coming to all of us. Whoever preaching, singing, praying, taking up the offer. All of us want to have an encounter with God. Yes. Yes. What did you bring? I want you to ask yourself that every time you come together corporately, not even just corporately, when you in your personal time of prayer, what am I bringing to the atmosphere? Is what I'm releasing to God a sweet aroma? 
See, in Genesis, when Noah built an ark, it said he took up every clean animal and every clean fowl of bird and offered it as a burnt offering on the altar. This is in Genesis 8. It says, when the Lord smelled the pleasing odor, a sin of satisfaction to his heart, the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of man. That is why yes. I said the first thing you have to do is clear the atmosphere. Yes. But I said all of this to say is one thing. That's just one question. Everybody in here, this is my survey. Want to see a move of God? I want to see your hand. Okay, put your hand up. Everybody in here wants to see miracles, signs, and wonders. Show your hand. Everybody in here want God to give you the blessing. Yes, Lord. All right. Now, I'm going to ask this question. This is the million dollar question of the day. Are you going to be a clean sacrifice on the altar? Mm, Jesus. Jesus. Will you be the sacrifice? into a song, into a particular prayer, into shouting and jumping. But no. Setting the atmosphere is you sacrificing laying your junk to the side yes. so that God can move. Yes. And it's all junk. It's all junk. <laughs> yes. It's all junk. So I like that. You gonna be the sacrifice? 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 You gonna be the no, everybody walks in the door praising God. Yes. Not worried about Sister Sally said or who looked. Not talking about none of that. But coming into the house with one agenda. And that is to meet God. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. So turn around and ask the neighbor behind you and say, You want to be the sacrifice? Now, lay hands on your own self and ask yourself that. You don't have to say it out loud. I want you to close your eyes in this moment. And if there's a need to be repentance, make sure you repent first. And as you're repenting, asking him for forgiveness, go on and begin to praise him in adoration.
school and I pray so. If you would, if you would stand on your feet with your hands lifted, I want you to begin to give God praise. I feel that His presence wants to descend in this room right now. So, whatever you're needing to do, lift your hands and I want you to begin to worship Him in this room. God, we bless your name. We honor you. We adore you, God. We love you so very much, Lord. We acknowledge that you are Alpha and the Omega, that you are the beginning and the end, God. We acknowledge, Father, that you are El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. God, we acknowledge that you are God, you are agape, that you are love. God, we bless you right now. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you, God, that you continue to give us chance after chance. God, we bless your name, God. We honor you in this moment. We love you so very much, God. Thank you. We thank you, Lord. So, Father God, I ask you now, God, that you will continue to wash us, cleanse us, and purify us, God. God, that you will cause us to cry out to you. I never forget, God, that you will create a new hunger and a new thirst for you in all of us, God. As the deer panted down with the water, Father, so do our souls cry out for you right now, God. We're crying out for your presence. We're crying out for your glory, glory of your anointing, God. So at least, we thank you right now, God. We love you so very much. Thank you, God. And we never asked you for anything else, God. You've done so much, God. We're so eternally grateful. We love you so much, God. I ask now for every person under the sound of my voice, God, that you would continue to stir up our spirits, God. That you would continue to stir up rivers of living water in all of us, God. That you will draw us to the well, God. Because you said in your heart that if we draw nigh unto you, that you would draw nigh unto us. And Father, we're here right now asking for more of you. Asking that you fill us to overflow, God. God, and we come against every attack of the enemy. We counsel out every voice of torment in our minds, God. God, we know that we are yours, God. That we're covered up with the blood. And we thank you right now. And in Jesus' holy we call in every spirit of retaliation. We thank you right now. We love you so very much. And in Jesus' name, we just pray. Somebody give God a real praise. I just want you to do this one thing. I'm done. This is the end of our class, but I want you to hug three people and encourage them. Go ahead and be the sacrifice. Hallelujah. 
Thank you.